Laissez Paul, the fan. He would have had a pick, and instead Samuel. The serendipity for Curtis Samuel because Cam Bynum or an official got in Bynum's way and it led to the touchdown. Are you kidding me? He ran right into him. The official I ran mean, into Bynum. I, you know what? Seriously, I, what are we doing I've here? I've been around this game for a long time. I have never wow. seen anything like that before in my life. I have no idea what that back judge was doing. Right. Get I mean, it's, I it's, wow. it's just this. The previous play is under review. So what? Well, because Samuel might have been down at the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, review it. I mean, I understand the officials. We got to pause. Um, sleep number. Sleep number. Uh, the analyst is apoplectic. Sleep number scoreboard. Unofficially, uh, the score is nine-seven Washington. morning paul hey good morning brother um and, and so so you're going pear-shaped in frustration uh with uh back judge steve patrick plowing over one of our safeties is that accurate um yeah i mean okay it, it just shows you the the hall and oats peaches and herb whatever ask back and forth you you and i have because you're analyzing the hell out of a play in pointed direct emotional impassioned um, it, it, with with that being the focus, and you know that's what you do, and you do it very well. And that was, like you said, man. I mean, we're we're looking at like like how old are you? Uh fifty. Okay, so we got we got four point whatever decades of football, and for you to say I've never seen that, well, that never. resonates. But me, I'm sitting back watching the replay while you're freaking out. And I see Taylor Heineke throw into triple coverage, one of those Kyler Murray punts. And I just go, Taylor, wow. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was like a verbal LSD trip. It was unbelievable. And I think the best part is um, from our angle, and, you know, the fans have no idea, but we're, you know, we're in the end zone. And so we're looking out. It's almost a almost an end zone kind of view. And when you, when it's, it's as it plays unfolding and you see it, I see the official turning and running, and it looks as if it looks like he was blocking Cam Bynum on a punt return. Like Cam Bynum was the gunner, yeah. right? I mean, it was as if he took a beeline right to him and just knocked him over. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, like I said, I, it's it's hard to talk about it now, but it, but it you know was, when you watch it back. It was something I, I've never seen that before in my life, right? Ever. But when you watch it back, the ball's in the air and it's coming down. So it's an official's job to already have found a spot to determine if there's something yeah, wrong I, happening, right? And then old and the guys and running to a spot that's not even there. I know. And then the 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 I didn't see this until last night, but. Bynum still almost got his hands on that football, <laughs> despite the referee running into him. And the thing is, is oh, you know, with with that game, yeah. when we you know playing the Commanders, that's how they play. Yeah, that's their style, right? Yeah. And their kryptonite is 
Taylor Heineke throwing, not you know, just not being super accurate. Yep. And that was the mistake that we knew that you know that. And I like you know I love Heineke. He's a great. He's a great competitor. Yep. What nice there's guy. nothing. That, there's, there's nothing. You know, nothing against him. But that's the mistake that. The defensive line that did a wonderful job of pressuring him, keeping him in the pocket for the most part. Yeah, that's the you know what I mean that you you do all that work, you get all that done, so you get him to a point where he is going to make that exact mistake, mm-hmm. and then he makes it. Yep. And then not only that, you've got your guys exactly. We have three guys exactly where they need to be right. to make that play. That's how that that's how that game's supposed to, and all the things that have to go into all the execution, all the planning, all the practice, all the techniques, the fundamentals, everything has to be executed perfectly to get to that point and then to have an official just take take the guy out. It, it, it's it, it's personal for me because you know, as a player or whatever, but as a coach, you you put all this work in. Right, yeah. you know, and you know it, right? You don't see your family, you know, and, and you, you're working all the time, which you know it, and that's part of the bit. This game is so competitive, Paul. It doesn't take much to tip it one way or the other, right? <laughs> yeah. And when you all you can ask for is that the game be played on a level field, right? I'm not you know, in and all that. Yeah. But in a, but to have an official affect an outcome of a game in one way or another is is hard to swallow well, but, because but, of all of that. But that way, I mean, it's like, okay, it's single coverage, 50-50 play, and, and like the guy, side judge guy blew a call. <laughs> this, 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 this freaking clomper wasn't even looking at the ball, and he was running. He was just running. I mean, I've never seen it. Uh, and I was still mad at him when he was apologizing to Bynum later. Yeah. Oh, that's right, right. when they got in the huddle? Uh, yeah, like it, a it, series it, it, later. Yeah, series later, yeah. and he walks over. Yeah, you got and pissed. Pats it Bynum, was right in front of us. And Bynum, you know, Bynum's being yeah. great about it. Yeah. And I'm just like, Sweet if I was kid. Bynum, I would just be like, I'd right. <laughs> but see, the thing is, with with Taylor, <laughs> I could do that now. But with Taylor Heineke, <laughs> when you know you can't control yourself and you throw punts like Kyler Murray, well, eventually you knew another one was coming. Second and eleven from the Commanders, thirty in the fourth quarter. Washington leads seventeen ten. Heineke eyeballing somebody, throws it over the middle. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Uh, when three members of a SWAT team rolled into the announcer's booth at FedEx yeah. Field during the fourth quarter, what were you thinking? Well, well, I it, I don't know. It's 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 yeah. It was that kind of a day, you know. It was just that kind of a day. Drunk Riggins Jersey guy <laughs> purposely was blocking your view and kept. Flicking things at me when I was on the binoculars looking at the other side of the field. You stayed as chill as you could without jumping from the box box and whooping drunk Riggins jersey guy's butt. So then we go to break. I get into him because of how upset you were. Then here comes hockey leaning out of the booth trying to talk to the guy. And, And that's after I flipped up my microphone or took off my headphones and spoke to him in a way 
I can't remember the last time I've spoken to a human being like that. And you heard it. And yeah, no, I mean, yeah. it's a, Hey, I'll, I'll drop an F bomb every so often. Okay. It's it, it, quite honestly, it can be a very effective adjective. Um, however, uh, in that moment right there, I can't, I can't remember the last time I spoke to a human being that loudly, that uh, vociferously, that directly and uh, that poignantly. And well, then hockey's it, leaning over. I'm, I'm grabbing hockey. Cause I think he's got a problem with this drunk guy who's heckling us, standing in your way purposely when you're trying to watch a play. He already had been going at you with 30 F-bombs about every four minutes, um, yeah. and you you didn't even ignite him. He was just drunk. And, uh, and then when I felt a couple of things hit me, um, and they may not even have come from him, but he's going to get the blame on him because of how that, that drunk ass was acting. And, <laughs> and so then, okay, now we turn around and, you know, Brian Harper of the Vikings Entertainment Network. Well, he watches road games with us, and he's super chill. He's great. B-Harp and the Bunny Hop are phenomenal. Jared Wells doesn't have a pulse, which was needed at that moment to organize and read the room. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. So no, it, 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 The guy's lucky, I guess, in that respect that, uh, that we're a Minnesota crew. Why? Well, just because... I'm jumping just, out of the box and fighting while I'm. No, while I know. I'm, I'm just saying it. It was just it. It was um. It was handled as well right. as as it possibly. But could see, have it's after asking the you know, the Vox box a series before. Let's find security, which they tried to. I turn around after lambasting the guy, grabbing hockey around his sternum, putting the back of my hand on your forehead to make sure you're still alive. <laughs> you're so mad, and and there's no B harp. There's no Harper. Ten seconds later, three SWAT members in full garb toting yeah. assault rifles yeah. roll into the box box. Now, mm -hmm. that first guy, the diminutive one of the three, but he was the leader. Mm -hmm. He he looks at me and says, tell me what happened here. Scared the, scared the living yeah, bleep out of me. Those are the same. They're the same guys that. Um, General Jensen's. Well, I'm not. It's it's an old stadium. We, are, we, we all know that. Yeah. And. As you walk, the, the press box level is, is a level up. Mm -hmm. And by the elevators, there's a bit of a, uh, a patio or whatever that overlooks one of the ticket gates. And those are the guys that stand there. That's right. And watch everybody coming into the stadium. Yep. I mean, they're 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 there for a reason, Paul. Right. It's like, and, and, and it's like we don't want them to have to do their job. <laughs> right. And so, I mean... That it was, but this guy was so out of yeah. line and would not stop for the better part of an hour. As I shared on the power trip this morning, and you remember this, he was when he was eyeballing the back of my computer, which has has a skull sticker on it, and and he kept taking pictures of it, and <laughs> then like looking at and and, re, and like looking at his phone and texting the picture or FaceTiming. Then I thought he was taking pictures of Gabe. Henderson, uh, and then, then well, that's what most people do, right? <laughs> right. They're always walking wow. by, taking pictures of Gabe. Absolutely, D one athlete, um, uh, runway model. But um, but I mean, Gabe, Gabe spent a whole weekend in D.C. and didn't pay for a single drink. Always. You know so then, I mean? in the third quarter, the the uh, the 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 drunker big boy gets. Now the the final time when he like attempted to pull a little edge of my skull sticker on the back of my computer. I thought he was trying to pull it off. So we go to break, and that's where the first F-bomb came in. And I'm like, don't effing touch my stuff, okay? Look, we, we can deal with you heckling and being loud and acting like that drunk fool, but don't touch my stuff, 
Okay, then we go back and we play the game. Then Washington takes the lead. And, and we didn't even ask for the guy to be removed. Washington takes the lead, plays gets loud. He stands up in front of you dropping, you know, F your team, F this, you guys F. Okay, we can deal with that. We, we tunnel vision. We have jobs to do. Let's stay professional. But when he went too far with you, you got upset. I have to go on my binoculars to, to, to see basically Delaware, which is the far side of the field. And then when I, when I felt things hitting me, like when I felt like part of a hot dog bun or something hit my third chin, well, that's yeah. when. And, um, and the commanders have taken the lead on the KFA and Minnesota Vikings radio network. Pause, yeah. took a deep breath, took off the headphones, and, and spoke to a human being. Uh, it's not becoming of me, and I probably won't do it again, but that's what happened. Uh, he needed to hear it. It calmed the situation until he started barking back at me and then barking back at you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I have a freaking assault rifle to my left between me and the instant replay crew. Uh, the well, the, the Sar- Sergeant Slaughter looking at me going, tell other, me what happened. The, you know what was, you know what, though? Um, in hindsight, you look back. So for people that don't know, I mean, this, this we were, we literally had, it, it, it's like sitting down at your desk at work. Yeah. And then having somebody stand up on the other side of your desk, yeah, just with three their face just, right just there, and I mean literally three feet arms, from you, they could reach into the booth right. easily, right? Right. I mean, they're right there. Yeah. And the other part that the, the other half of it, so understand that. But remember who's who's in the glass booth right next door to us, to our right? Yeah, it was some kind of security. It's thing. Security. It's, right. it's a security hub for the whole stadium. Oh, and, and it, it's one of the few places where that move. you know, and so when you were. When that was going on, and we like we're we're all like we got to get somebody up here. Yeah, all I had to do is turn to my right and and look at this yep. at, at this nice you know and the people there at the yeah. stadium. And there are like fifteen people, people, say people what in they there. Want. These people that work at that stadium are the nicest people on the planet. Ain't no I, doubt. You know they're they're awesome. Yep. And I and I knock on the glass and I start pointing at the guy <laughs> and the girl the lady that was there she just smiled and nodded her head and oh my God. they got on the phone and next thing you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> comes to yeah and you did that because you thought it was escalating with me where it was going to go nose to nose which is not going to happen but you know the way I spoke to him and and how hard I went at it. It did stop for a moment, but just a moment, because then he yeah. started cussing at you again. Yeah, and, it, and then yeah, SWAT, was... the three SWAT guys roll in. Tell me what happened. And then I'm shaking, and I said, this guy is heckling the bleep out of us. He won't let us do our jobs. That's the problem. He keeps interfering with our jobs, and he won't yeah. stop. So I don't, I, I'm not asking for him to be ejected, but can you just have him move? So then... SWAT guy gets on this communication walkie-talkie thing, like, attached to his shoulder, turns around for me so I can't hear it. So he's facing that lady in instant replay who was to my left. Very nice lady. And then eight seconds later, the guy's gone. And, like, I can't even find him. It's, I mean, what, what'd you do with him? Uh, All of a sudden, uh, he's gone, man. Not my problem. Holy cow, that was. Uh, but oh, it, yeah, and by the way, it's after that. So then we start to settle down as SWAT guys are leaving. I look three booths down. There's Quasi standing mm. up looking at us. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Now all of a sudden I'm in the we're in the GM chief operating officer meat grinder for yeah. something we didn't do. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it was but that 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 is that was a microcosm of the game. Yeah, it really was. You know what I mean? Yeah, a physical and, game. And 
not Paul. We oh man, we not not too often do we do we say you know well I've never seen anything like this or you know what I mean I'll never forget it. But yesterday was full was full of those comments and and the bottom line is is you found a way to win you did it and it I mean we can thank goodness because we can look back on all this and yeah. And, and just smile. But hockey's getting on. heat from the station to get things under control. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I know. He, yeah, like, he's getting, yeah. What in the hell are you supposed to do? Yeah, he could. It was. I mean, we can't do any more than having SWAT come in with assault <laughs> rifles at a football game, and the guy's asking me to move to my right with the nozzle of his of the assault rifle. Tell right. me what's happening right. here. Oh, my yeah. God. All right, yeah. let's, uh, let's, let's chat about the game and about the season. Uh, but, uh, man... Holy cow. Uh, A, do I love calling games with you? B, do I love this football team? And yeah. C, what an unbelievably energetic day, moment, uh, momenta, and everything uh, we will discuss when 9 to Noon continues with the analyst. Man. As they went play action on fourth and short, and the Missouri rookie said, no, not this time, Steve Patrick. Ryan Wright holds, Baltimore native Andrew DePaula snaps, kicks about, the kick's about um, 27 yards, snap spot. The kick is up, and good! G-Money! Greg Joseph has kicked the Minnesota Vikings to a 20 17 lead. Analyst, we uh, we threw the ball to TJ Hawkinson a million times. Welcome to the Covenant, man. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, we you know, we all wondered how much of an offense the guy can learn in three days, and apparently he still you know he knows how to get open. So <laughs> that's a good thing. I think we saw him. Um, I think we saw him one time standing on top of uh, Johnny Munt, which was obviously a mistake, but. Yeah. The guy did the he you know he there was a big play I can't remember which one it was but he was in pass protection blocking a defensive end tight ends don't get paid to block defensive ends tackles get paid millions to do it so when you have a guy that can get you out of a down uh, in that respect um, it, it's huge and I listened to I listened to Kevin O'Connell's post game press conference and and he you know he talked he gave a game ball to TJ. Hawkinson and you know mentioned about how good of a fit he is and I was thinking about it and then you you, thinking about the game and what teams and what they're trying to do to slow down Justin Jefferson and and you think about uh two man you know two man is a coverage where all the you know the the nickel the linebackers the corners play man on the on the five receivers and you have two safeties over the top but everybody's either you're playing man underneath, and the safeties can bracket and do a whole, all you know, ton of different things. My mm-hmm. point is, quarterbacks that scramble don't see a lot of two man, right? Yeah, they because they can just pull the thing down and run, and with everybody's eyes on the receiver instead of the quarterback, they're gonna you know they're gonna run twenty you know fifteen twenty yards before before anybody even notices they're out of the pocket. With Cousins, he's not as much of a scrambling threat, so teams feel good doing that. They can do that. They feel like doing that. Yeah. But this guy at six foot five, with the hands that he has, mm-hmm. the radius that he has, 
brings a whole nother level of problems. It's going to make defensive coordinators think twice about wanting to play and how often they're going to play that coverage. And if you look against Miami and some of the, you know, the that, that man-to-man coverage bit, um, when teams have the talent to do that and hold up in it, um, we, you know, took us a while to figure it out and get the right routes against the right coverage. And then we had some big plays And this guy, I think is going to, is going to be a huge, huge help with that. And he's going to make coordinators think twice about just trying to man us all, you know, man up all the receivers and go from there. So um, his, his, he's a great player. We know that, but to bring him in and have a guy like that fit on so many levels, um, is huge and he played a lot we saw him you know and i saw it on film when we did the film room bit on him he played 90 percent of the offensive snaps i mean this is not a guy who comes in and plays you know 20 plays a game he's in there all the time so as the season goes on and as you know obviously the playbook gets bigger for him um he's not going to come off the field much you're going to see a, a ton of Hawkinson the rest of this year and i'm excited to see what happens with it when um uh after kirk went down and had the wind knocked out of him on the 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 dime on third down to jefferson oh what a nice pass and jj on the run down by the 25 uh but it, I, it's my belief that there were some who played defense for the minnesota vikings who kind of thought you know, there may have been a cheap shot there, but there's no flag. And, and I watch it. Was, it was Deron Payne was a clean shot. No, uh, it was clean. I mean, he, you know, he didn't land on him. Right. You know, in this day and age, it was not. No, that but, was not. I, I don't think that was a dirty correct. hit at all. But what I'm getting at is the when the defense came out on the field after jumping up and down, because they the, this, you know, is as trite or as goofy or whatever you think this Kirko thing with the chains is and Kirko chill, you know, that that whole vibe, that that whole nerdy Kirk thing is they love they love him, man. I mean, Zadarius Smith <laughs> loves Kirk Cousins. So does Darisaw. And they just got this thing that you just see when like good teams have have cool things at the cool bits. So uh, they, I, it's my belief that that there are some members who felt that you know maybe he shouldn't have gone down that 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 way, even though they didn't see it. But you guys, athletes, are always looking for reasons to find that metaphorical chip on the shoulder and get an edge, especially yeah. late in an emotional game when you're tired. When when after after that play and subsequently, um, um, that was uh, the drive for the Dalvin catch back left of the end zone. The I believe it was the the defense came out and. It was 85 Bears-esque the rest of the way, how fast they were, how hard they were hitting. And that's what triggered me to say to you, because I was watching it in my binoculars, and it it took two guys to stop him every play. And I'm like, Pete, Zadarius Smith is channeling his inner Lawrence Taylor right now. I'm not (laughs) kidding you. They can't stop him. No, he, he, you know what? Zadarius played really well. Um you know, I, I'm I'm remiss on the Daniil Hunter bit because Scott Turner during the week talked about Zadarius Smith and how the Vikings match him up one on one with guards and yeah. you know figure out a way to attack protections by formation and and where the center's turning the other way. And he he said, no, we're we're going to be paying attention to him. So if that means they're going to be paying attention to Zadarius, you're yep. going to have Daniil Hunter one on one with Cornelius Lucas all day. And Daniel should have a great have a great day, and he did. And let me tell you this too: 
Kyrus Tonga, James Lynch, Bullard, yep. Blacklock. Those that? guys, all Harrison Phillips. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know they all played very very well up front, and you, you know Dalvin Tomlinson was missed, uh, but those guys really really stepped up. Patrick Jones, DJ Wanham. DJ Wanham, I think, is embracing this three four. Um, he's a better player in this system than he was in a four three, and and that those, I'm telling you though that but that's what you need to run this scheme. Yeah. Mike Smith doing he's just you know all those guys are he's just the doing an amazing job. He and Minuski are fantastic. Yeah, they're they're just doing a wonderful job of developing these guys, and uh, you, you get excited because. You see that you know you, you early on in the season you see it and you feel it. you're like well you know we got this here and then you know you got that there and defense yeah, it's like yeah. but they get better week in and week out and are there still some things absolutely there's always going to be some things oh, like yeah. every defense is going to have weaknesses and if and the big if is if we can continue to put pressure on the quarterback the way that we've been doing it especially the last couple of weeks. Yeah then it's going to make everybody behind him better. It's going to allow a Caleb Evans to play with more confidence, Patrick Peterson to play with more confidence. The, you know, the safeties, they're not going to be backpedaling because a quarterback might be scrambling for five seconds, <laughs> right? I mean, yep. that's exactly what we saw out of the commander's back end. I mean, those guys, they, they, were getting, they, they would get five yards deep. The safeties would hang at 15 yards. I'd never seen anything like it before. But then again, you know, the, the guys that they have in front of them, that quarterback doesn't have a lot of time. And so they're not worried about guys running by them. And you know, we'll, we'll, hopefully we get there. And I'm going to enjoy every single snap along the way. Amen. I mean, this is a great team. Um, you, you, you know, the, it's it's. I've been in, you know, I've been part of this organization now. It's my 27th season. This, I mean, as far as just, you know, the Favre thing, Paul. We talked about that before when he got here and and us getting a chance to know him and the ride to New England where he talked to us for you know whatever 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. You just love these guys, right? And they get it, and they're you know they understand, they get it. They they're not um, they're they're it's about the right kind of things, and you just. You, like a like a like a parent like a dad you're just you just want to see the kids do well right you just want to see them succeed and i'm enjoying i'm just enjoying this trip i'm enjoying seven and one yep um and just you know this this team this team is they're they're, they're great and I don't know. Who I don't want to put a limit on what these guys can do because it's just been so fun to see them develop and 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 how they play together and what they have going on here is pretty darn amazing. And I'm just I'm just you know humbled and honored to be a part of it, just to be able to have my little part, my little my little piece of being able to witness and 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 and, and talk about and Same. you know share it with with the fans and. Um, those of you out there that you know are falling in love with this team and, and love them, watch them play in the way that they play, well, I'm right there with you. Uh, love calling games with you. Um, I will see you tomorrow for uh, KOC Film, uh, taping X's and O's and uh, winning formula with Gabe. And uh, then we got Buffalo this weekend. Then we got a series. Be a fun one. Got a, be a fun one. And after that, we got a series of games at home. And I think that's going to be cool, man. So that will be fun. Uh, God bless you, young man. Excellent, right, excellent, excellent, excellent work yesterday. And I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, see you. Yep. Uh, Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins indeed did play fantastic. PJ Fleck is around the corner.
uh, on the 9 to noon experience off a victory at Lincoln PG. Yeah, the fan. Go to the I formation under center now, Kelly Agmanis. The captain, the fullback. Caller up the blocking tight end. Hand off Ibrahim left side. Waits. Turns it in. Touchdown! Fist pump from P.J. Fleck on the Minnesota sidelines. And the Gophers have extended the lead to nine. Second touchdown of the day for Ibrahim. He's up to 15 on the season. And an extra point will make this a double-digit lead with 9.22 to go. Time of day radio at 1041 in the neighborhood. It's KFAM. PJ, what's going on there, buddy? How you doing, PA? All right. All righty. Uh, PJ Fleck, coach of the Golden Gophers football team. Wintersville, USA sounds better in FM. Sky Yuma to a two game winning streak as the Gophers went down to Lincoln and got the money. And uh, what a strange game, right? Especially the way your defense responded after that first quarter. And, and you know, I haven't watched, uh, certainly haven't watched the All-22 or watched every second of every single game, PJ. Uh, but you're, uh, uh, you had some players in that secondary making some plays, man. We do. I thought our defense really responded. I think we got punched in the mouth early. Um, they did a lot of things we hadn't seen. We had to make a ton of uh, adjustments, not only at halftime, but in between series. And I thought... Once we made those adjustments, I thought our defense settled down and, and was able to get into a rhythm and played at an exceptionally high level. Um, you know, we got a takeaway, which was absolutely critical for us with T-Time, who I think is playing at a really high level right now. We just had to recalibrate. Uh, we swarmed to the ball. They played their butts off uh, and made a ton of plays. And we limited the amount of explosive plays uh, that they had, especially in the second half. So uh, same on offense on the first half. I mean, we didn't make the routine plays. And they did. And, um, you know, we had to make some adjustments. We didn't, we didn't turn the ball over, which was huge for us. It gave us a chance. And uh, I had to find a way to be more patient than I was normally going to be uh, to extend that game. Instead of shortening the game, we had to extend that game and make some calls that maybe are outside my personality. Mm. But it was best to keep those decisions being made so we could extend the game and give ourselves the most possessions so we could find a way to be able to, to win the game in the end. So, PJ, what you're saying is during the course of the battle, you were changing your best. We were. And, and we really were. And they forced us to. Uh, it's a credit to them and their staff. But there was, I thought our players played hard from the start to the finish. They used the culture. I mean, it was, it was mind versus heart all game. If they would have listened to their mind, we would have got beat. They just kept leading their heart, kept playing so hard. And, uh, you know, with, down 10, I mean, I'm not sure if you know this, PA, but the last time Minnesota won after being down 10-0 to was 2009. Uh, it's, been, it's been eight years since Minnesota won after trailing by 10 points or more. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, th- that was huge for us. That's the last time Minnesota won consecutive games in Lincoln since 1952 and 1960s, over 60 years. So well done. there was a lot of things against us. They had to be able to break all that by trusting the program, trusting the culture, trusting each other and just playing better every snap uh, with 90,000 people doing hmm. everything they can to make sure they didn't. Preach with all that, PJ. That was beautifully stated. And, and, and last week we talked about the stadium, like the 99-year history, and football is such an emotional game for fans, you know, because it's specifically in Lincoln, all right? And, you know, yesterday I'm adjacent to the nation's capital in Landover, Maryland at FedEx Field. 
Now, you know, Washington with its ownership situation with Snyder, a lot of negativity. They haven't sold out games in like five years. But they they love their team. They're loud. And they've loved the team forever. So even if the team's middle of the road, fan bases at like Lincoln and stuff like that, they just love it so much. They get loud no matter the season, no matter the circumstances. And that's what you face this weekend, right? Oh, we did. And they're at their 388th consecutive sellout. Wow. Think about that second. 388 consecutive sellouts. Mm. And they've had great seasons. They've had bad seasons. They've had good losses, bad losses. Um, they've had everything in between. And 388 consecutive. Think about over the last few years uh, what the program's been through. And they still sell the place out. Wow. And you would have thought in that first quarter, all the way through the end of the game, that they were undefeated playing for the national championship. <laughs> I mean, I have a ton of respect for their fan base and yeah. what they do and and um, their 99-year stadium history. And that's, awesome. that's what the Big Ten's all about. And yeah. uh, it was a heck of an environment. Just just proud of our players and staff and our program for finding a way to win. Yeah, that, uh, that, that place gets loud like that in Lincoln, man. It's standalone. It means everything. It's so loud, you're like looking around the stadium – Wondering where Tom Osborne, Tommy Frazier, and Irving Fryer Fryer are, right? You are. They're there. I promise you, they're there. Uh, Mohammed is an absolute beast, and we know that. And in a passing world, it sure must be nice to have a guy like that to get you out of trouble. Well, absolutely. And listen, I think the college game is very different than the National Football League game. I mean, they are very different leagues, and. I know it's the same game. I just think it's a different type of game mm-hmm. when you're dealing with two athletes and systems and things like that. I mean, we scored 20 points yesterday, and so did the Vikings. right? Or Saturday, we scored 20, and so did the Vikings. right? Yep. There's different, different ways to get to 20. Yep. right? And we rely heavy here at Minnesota on our run game. That sets up a lot of the play-action pass, the RPO game, our explosive plays. And we need to be able to run the football. And where we are in the league and the type of skill and the talent we have and our culture and what we're going to be able to have and weather-wise and outdoors and, and what we're going to face. We have a certain philosophy and a culture and, and what we want to establish, not only for football, but for life, too. And uh, it kind of fits that, that, that tough downhill running style. And we got really good players in the backfield, and, and they've created that. And it doesn't mean you can't adapt as you go through, but we've always adapted to our personnel. And uh, right now, uh, he's one of the best running backs and always has been in the country. And we're going to really rely heavily on him, um, you know, as we keep going throughout the year. And, you know, you, you mentioned about uh, stretching or shrinking the game earlier. And, you know, it's a, uh, one, one of many things I like about you is the way you treat time of possession like, like it's your child. Uh, I mean, like, let me guess, your favorite game as a kid probably was keep away. But 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 seriously, it's such a vital part of the game to win, right? It is. Is it directly tied to winning? No. But when we're at our best, we can control the clock two thirds of the game. Uh, We can run for a lot of yards, you know, score points and play great defense and shut people down. Uh, And. And usually we've got to have a lot of long TV commercials because the game's going pretty quick. That's when we're at our best. You can also have a time where you win the turn or the time of possession two thirds and you're getting blown out by 40. And that's not fun, <laughs> right? Because that means you're turning the ball over an awful lot. Yeah. You're holding on to the ball, but you're not getting points. So it's a piece of it. 
But we've also got to win the areas of the turnover battle, the explosive play battle, the tackling battle, and situational football for that to matter. But for us, that's our style. Uh, that's our philosophy. And uh, every year it's a different type of team. But usually time of possession helps uh, with us being able to balance out how we're going to be able to win games. The P.J. Fleck 9 to noon, uh, two-game winning streak, squad is 6-3, and three, and a Hooks Northwestern here this weekend. Uh, the, the, the Huskers... PJ, I mean, they, they were on pace to run for 424 at the end of the first quarter, which obviously isn't going to happen, but how did you slow it after that? It was the adjustments. I mean, they, they we didn't know who was going to play at quarterback, and they have a lot of tendencies, and they've stayed true to a lot of, of those tendencies uh, throughout the entire year, and they broke a lot of those uh, in our game, probably mm. because of the quarterback situation, right? And you can prepare for that, but you don't know really what you're going to get. And then what we got isn't what we prepared for. And so we had to kind of change a lot of things in game. And, you know, when you're down 10 nothing, you better change it fast. Mm-hmm. And Joe Rossi, his staff, our players did a great job of committing to the new game plan, uh, really adapting in between series, especially at halftime. And I thought we were a completely different team in the second half. Uh, Cali Agmanis gave you the spark that you needed. What uh, did you dig about his game? Well, I thought it gave us the opportunity. I mean, I thought he did a good job with his legs, as Tanner has before as well. I thought that uh, he was able to to throw the ball down the field, even with some pressure in his face, complete some passes. And then I thought our wideouts in the first half, we didn't make some routine plays. Uh, And then we were able to make some explosive ones in the second half, plus the routine ones. And I thought it was a really good combination. And, um, you know, he's a really good player. We know that. He's a really good athlete as well. And uh, we'll see where we go as we get closer to the end of the week. Six and three and a chance to finish nine and three, uh, at least with, uh, with with conference and non-conference play before the balls, which is cool. But um, but the next one game season is Northwestern here Saturday. Uh, Wildcats are one and eight, but holy cow, played Penn State and Ohio State. Very, very tough. What uh, what do you think of the challenge? Well, anytime you play Pat Fitzgerald's team in Northwestern, you take the win, take the win loss record, throw it out the window. That doesn't mean anything. Whether it's eight and one, one and eight, doesn't matter. You're getting the same Wildcat team. You're getting a tough, blue collar, hard nosed, downhill, really good fundamental technique team that can play with anybody. And they showed that. They showed that last week. They showed that against Penn State. They showed that against other teams. And we know we're not going to be fooled by that. And we can care less about that because we know exactly what we're going to get. And we know how good of a coaching staff they have, how good of players they have, how tough of a culture they have, and their ability to respond to adversity. So there's a team that we're treating it as a Big Ten West champs because that's what they've been two of the last five years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's how we're treating it, period. Lastly, sorry, Marin and um, Cody Lindenberg. I mean, just flying all over the place, man. Uh, DB's made some nice plays like we talked about earlier. Sorry, Marin. I've never met him. He, he's just a born leader, isn't he? Oh, he is. I mean, he's everything you want in a leader. Uh, on the field, off the field, the type of person you want to be around. He's infectious. He's positive. He's got incredibly high character. You know, football is really important to him, but he's very eclectic in, in other things that he loves, whether it's food, whether it's relationships, whether it's the water, whether it's travel. Uh, he, he's got so many other interests. And uh, he's just a dynamic human being who's got an unbelievable future. And he's crazy enough to know he wants to coach, which is great. So hope we get a chance to hire him. You're awesome. Uh, best of luck. Keep the team hot. Keep everybody healthy. And um, I'll, um, I'll call you soon. Okay, PJ?
Sounds good. Appreciate it. Row the boat, Sky Mago Gophers and Skull Vikes. Yep. See you, bud. That's a PJ Flat, coach of the Golden Gophers football team. Now, into the uh, final hour. Uh, the next segment uh, begins with Lavelle Neal III, a columnist for the Star Tribune, and he's ballyhooed. Then after that, we replay the montage that was All I Do Is Win, 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 Win. Seven of them. All I do is win, 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 win. Led by... Oh, my God! Kirko Chill! And uh, then about uh, 45 minutes from now, Necessary Evil, uh, the smuggler sultan, David Senekin, uh, will join us to not talk about... Oh, my God! Kirko Chill! But, uh, but his squad that can't...